0: You are listening to The Dark Fantastic Podcast. Welcome to this new Pocket Edition episode of The Dark Fantastic Podcast. I'm your host, AK. In this episode, I'd like to pay tribute to one of my favorite dark fantasy authors, whom we lost recently. Peter Straub is one of the best dark fantasy writers of his generation and one of the most popular. He is best known for his epic horror novel Ghost Story and his two collaborations with Stephen King, The Talisman and Black House. I first came across his work like most people, through his novel Ghost Story. And I have to say that I wasn't really that impressed with it. But since Straub's work had been praised over and over by none other than Stephen King, whose word I took as gospel at the time, not anymore, I have to add, but anything that King... uh, Praised or recommended uh, during the 80s and 90s, I just went out and bought. So I bought several other books by Straub to see what the fuss was about. Uh, You know, he was he was selling millions of books, uh, especially you know Ghost Story. Ghost Story was just one of the most successful horror novels of the 70s and 80s, and it's still popular to some extent to this day. So I bought some of his other books to just give him, you know, another chance and see what he really had to offer. I think it was Shadowland that really sold me on on Peter Straub and his style and his voice. Because Shadowland is shorter, it's a shorter book than Ghost Story. And I think it's much more original and it's it's such a strange, moody book with a very unique premise although it follows the, the template that he would follow again and again with diminishing returns uh, as he wrote more books especially his horror, dark fantasy books I think Shadowland is the best coming of age story that he wrote it's, it's 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 just an imaginative story about magic illusion horror and growing up and I remember when I read it it was one of those books that you actually lose yourself in which is something that Straub had a huge talent for in creating these, you know worlds or universes that you could you could lose yourself in and he also had a great sense of humor not tongue-in-cheek but this like w- wink of the eye when he wrote most of his books which gave his books a sophistication and a style and a tone that was very different than almost all the writers of his generation, especially Stephen King, to whom he's he's always been compared, especially since uh, together with King, Straub wrote The Talisman and Black House, which are probably the the two books that he's most known for. And although I am a huge fan of, of Stephen King, especially his earlier books, I think that Straub was, for lack of a better term, a more sophisticated writer. His prose, I think, was more grammatical, more elegant than King's prose. And although Straub, especially, I think after he was influenced to some degree by King's style I think Straub's approach was more subdued to some extent than than King's and I think his writing had this British twist to it that made it that made his books and his work have this style and have this tone that is very 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 rare in postmodern american writers of any genre he was one of the very few writers postmodern american writers who whose writing almost had a victorian tint to it and he was one of the few writers of his generation that actually praised Henry James and and, uh, and 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 admitted that Henry James was one of the finest ghost story writers that he ever came across. And Straub paid direct t- tribute to The Turn of the Screw in one of the stories told uh, by the characters in Ghost Story, because Ghost Story is basically a mosaic novel, because it has a a through line, but each character, each main character in the book tells uh, a ghost story. One of the ghost stories told in in the book, in the book within within the book, is uh, a direct reinterpretation of the turn of the screw with a kind of rural... uh, Twist, rural Amer- American twist to it. What to make of, of Straub's legacy? I think when, when Straub was in the zone, he was unmatched by anyone of his generation, especially in his mastery of atmosphere, his elegance, and his originality to a large degree. His books are accessible, yet never dumbed down. And as I mentioned uh, just a a few minutes ago, his writing had a British twist to it that is rarely found in the work of postmodern American writers of any genre. And also, I think what made his writing unique is that there was this mystical wondrous quality to the fantastic elements of his stories that is very appealing and yet very terrifying in a way that was almost awe-inspiring. Not in the nihilistic, pessimistic Lovecraftian style, although Straub's work was influenced by Lovecraft and he wrote Mr. X. His, his his novel Mr. X as a tribute to, to Lovecraft and his writing but the mystical, wondrous quality I'm talking about in Straub's work was almost uplifting again in in, in an almost terrifying, awe-inspiring way which again I don't think I, I came across uh, any other uh, in, in, in the work of any other writer of Straub's generation. I read many of his novels including his tremendously entertaining floating dragon which was published almost at the same time as Stephen King's It and Floating Dragon shares some thematic elements with that book. But in my humble opinion, Floating Dragon is a much better book. It, it's much more restrained and more imaginative than King's book, which I think is not one of King's best. And I think it's, it's a very overrated, overlong book that shows some of King's worst tendencies and I think uh, I remember uh, reading an interview with Straub in which he mentioned that he was writing Floating Dragon at the same time that Stephen King was writing It and they actually gave each other feedback on both novels and uh, Straub said that that was the main reason that there are very obvious similarities, thematic and and. Uh, and also in terms of plot between it and floating dragon but again i I think that floating dragon is is a very underrated dark fantasy slash horror novel that a lot of fans uh, of the genre uh, haven't read and i think uh, it it uh, deserves rediscovery and i highly recommend it later on straub's work started to change a bit with Straub maybe falling a bit too much in love with his own voice and I remember reading his Blue Rose trilogy uh, Coco Mystery and the Throat and each novel was basically longer than the one before it and I remember that I liked Coco to to some extent, but I but I didn't really enjoy mystery and the throat that much. I felt that Straub was starting to get a bit too, again, too much in love with his voice. And he, he was starting to repeat himself in terms of the, the template of the, of, the, of the coming of age uh, story. And uh, he was becoming too self-indulgent, I think, to to, to a detrimental d- degree. And the story and the plotting started to take a backseat to his voice. And I felt that was very obvious in some of his later work, especially uh, in The Night Room, which was a sort of a meta-sequel to a book that I loved which was uh, Lost Boy Lost Girl but I felt that Lost Boy Lost Girl was such a gem such a near masterpiece it, it was a, a darkly magical and disturbing horror novel that I think is arguably one of his best books so even in his Late in his career, I think he was also delivering. But again, I think his, his his tendency to indulge himself a bit too much maybe affected his later work a little bit. But Straub left a number of 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 great novels and two short story collections. Houses Without Doors and uh, I think Magic Terror was the other one and his legacy is, is, is considerable and he will be sorely missed and his voice will be sorely missed and we still have his books and whenever I feel that I really miss him and miss his voice I will just go to one of his books to just lose myself in his universe and listen to his voice like in Shadowland one of my favorite horror novels of all time so here is to Peter Straub thanks for the fantasies (laughs) Another writer we lost this year is Stuart Woods, whose work was a fixture on the bestseller lists. While Woods never really got enough love from the critical community, his work was always entertaining and he deserved much more credit for his craftsmanship and his range than he got in his lifetime. I first came across Stuart uh, Woods' work when I bought a used copy of his novel Palindrome by accident. I think I liked the, the cover and maybe it had a blurb on it that was uh, appealing to me or that interested me. I don't really remember. I just remember that I found it in a used bookstore and it was uh, the price was right. So I just picked it up and uh, started reading it and was immediately entranced by the short chapters and the, the, the energy in his writing, the, the sense of humor, the over-the-top nature of, of the writing. And, and Palindrome had a twist ending so ridiculous that it has to be read to be believed. And from there, I bought more of his books, including many of his popular Stone Barrington novels. And while I enjoyed some of of the Barrington novels, I found many of them to be honestly crass and repetitive. I remember picking up uh, Dirt, which was the second Stone Barrington novel, and just feeling that you know, that book was just just too trashy for me and, and I almost gave up on Stuart Woods then because I think it was only my second or third Stuart Woods book. But this brings me to why I think Woods is such an underappreciated writer. Because a lot of readers don't remember or don't even know that Woods used to write standalone thrillers of, of amazing range. Although, in the past 20 years or so, maybe even more, he was mainly known for his Stone Barrington novels. I, I don't know how many of those he wrote, they, they, they just, I think he wrote like over 40 of, of, of those, maybe even more. And although the Stone Barrington no- novels, were entertaining, many of them were entertaining. But I think that in his standalone novels that Woods truly shined and showed his range and showed his style and showed his immense talent and his immense co- mastery of the craft of storytelling. Books like uh, New York Dead, which was the first Stone Barrington novel and which was written as a standalone novel, is just a super thriller and so entertaining and so over the top. And books like uh, the, uh, the Palindrome and uh, Deep Lie, which was a Cold War thriller, better than anything that, that Tom Clancy wrote, in my opinion. And then there is my absolute favorite Stuart Woods book, which is L.A. Times, a book that is so funny, so cynical, so full of suspense, and has, again, uh, such a, a macabre, dark ending. It's such an original book that I think it's, it's his best, and I think it's one of the best mainstream genre-defying thrillers written in, in in the past 30 to 40 years and his prose was always smooth unfussy and his chapters short as, as I already mentioned and while some critics disliked his penchant for wild plot twists and wild endings and his plotting was sometimes a bit uh, you know, jerky and uh, a bit you know, creaky in in some ways because uh, Woods, as he mentioned many many times, uh, didn't, uh, didn't do outlines and didn't really know where he was going so his books had this kind of improvised freestyle that almost always paid off but sometimes made the last few chapters, and the ending a bit underdeveloped. But personally, I always found his plots always on the edge of believability and thought that they worked really well within the universe he created, which was a universe that was almost a fantasy. His characters... uh, Especially someone like Stone Barrington was almost uh, a James Bond type. His books, to put it, to put to put it in another way, w- weren't really that realistic or or gritty, but they were always entertaining. He had a way of making characters from different series cross paths. Uh, across several books that was always almost ingenious. And although I know that in his later years uh, his writing became a bit workmanlike, I think uh, especially in his Stone Barrington novels, and he was delivering up to four books a year, uh, shorter books, but... I think that his collaborations with other writers later in his career, like uh, he, the books he wrote with Parnell Hall, the late Parnell Hall, also another writer we we lost uh, not so long ago. These collaborations, especially the Teddy Fay series and the absolutely delightful Barely Legal, were just amazing entertainment and they were so much fun. So even late in his career he was delivering good entertaining fun books. So if you are in the mood for a breezy fast-paced fun thriller go with a Stuart Woods book especially one of his earlier novels and you won't be disappointed. So Stuart Woods Here is to you, rest in peace, and thank you for hours and hours and hours of good, fun entertainment. Thanks for listening to this pocket edition of the Dark Fantastic Podcast, and please join me again. You've been listening to The Dark Fantastic Podcast. Summer, 1990 A teenage boy in trouble An evil that only comes out at night Only a straight-to-VHS movie can save him From A. Kale, the author of Beware the Night Bad Dreams, a thrilling horror novel now available on Amazon. Rated PG-13 for some thematic elements and mild violence.